Hey, Oops, the podcast listeners. You can find us on every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah, now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no? Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Oops! The Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Francis Ellis, joined by my co-host, Julio Gallarotti. G, how are you? Good to see you, man. How's everything? Well, I'm excited because we've got a very special guest today. Love it. And I actually mean probably the highest profile guest we've, we've had. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Rob Hubel, everybody. Rob, how are you? I'm great. Um, if I'm the highest profile guest, I'm worried about the quality of the show. <laughs> I don't know who else. We've had some. We've had some pretty good guests. We're trending uh, upward. Yeah, we, who, we have. Who's been Who's been the worst guest so far? Oh, good question. Um, have Have we had any guest? We've had. Gee, have we had any guests where we didn't end up airing the interview? Yes, <laughs> we have. But that was because really? he he decided last minute that he like didn't. He got like self-conscious about it. Oh, was it the uh, my pillow guy? No, but that we. <laughs> that I sucks. wish we got that guy. What ha- What's up with that guy? He's like randomly partisan. I think he's like a huge Trump supporter. Yeah, he's just a weirdo. <laughs> I think he like. I think he like started a pillow company so he could like fuck pillows, and then like it, it like <laughs> caught on and it became a big thing. He's like, oh wait, I I gotta like sell these pillows. I can't just fuck them. <laughs> Can we swear on this? I shouldn't be swearing. Oh, no, you must. We would insist that you do. Um, You know, pillows, intercourse is tough. You you need at least two as a male. But women, I've found out, actually use pillows quite often for... um, Is that true? Stimulation. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's that's a little factoid for our listeners. People, everyone knows Rob Hubel from... uh, I I was a fan of Human Giant. There was a sketch you did that has stuck with me to this day. It was the uh, cutting your dick off for viral fame. Uh, (laughs) And you and Aziz did it and Paul Shear was in it. And you cut your dick off and then got like 10 million views. And then Aziz just made funny faces. (laughs) And there was a line where you said, they said, what are the drawbacks for you? And you said, well... Uh, now my pee sort of spatters out of a hole above my testicles. Yeah, it kind of sputters. My, my, my urine kind of sputters out of a hole above my testicles. And I'll never and be uh, able to have children, I'm pretty sure. I'll never be able sure. to have children. And then Aziz is like, his problem is like, uh, you know, everywhere I go, I get recognized. And people always want to get their pictures taken with me. So it's kind of a hassle, you know. So yeah, Sometimes we're just he gets cramps fun. in his faces, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he gets cramps in his faces from making so many funny faces. Yeah, the idea is just that, you know, you think you're doing something cool to make a viral video and then someone else does something way easier, uh, like, you know, and yeah. then you're just stuck, you're stuck with your decision. But when we shot that, I remember when we shot that, um, it, I mean, that was like a million years ago, but um, they they wanted it to look like I actually cut my dick off. And so I, they had these like hedge clippers or like, you know, those like those clippers that you use. To, like, yeah. Like shears to like <laughs> shear off a, a branch or something. But I remember when we did it, I put it like way too close to my dick. Like I was just, you know, kind of messing around. And then I like, I, I didn't obviously cut myself, but like it was way too close, you know, and now whenever I watch that video, I always kind of cringe because I remember how close I came to actually cutting my dick off. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and I also, there's the sound of it too. And they clearly spice that up a little. Yeah. It, we might've sweetened that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was pretty, uh, it was harrowing to watch uh, in a way, but. There's really a profound message to that 
too. There's it, really, how much does that precipitate where we are now? I mean, that, that, very that, much so. that was a 2007 or eight sketch and now we're in TikTok land and in, you know, uh, yeah. people willing to do anything. Peter yeah. It's Payne. weird. It's, it's weird for sure. When you make something and then years later, not only does it hold up, but it, it was, it's sort of like predicted the future, um, you know, like just sort of our attitudes about fame and like our attitudes about, you know, uh, what's funny and like, uh, but just trying to get famous. Like, you know, everyone wants, like there was some crazy statistic I, I heard that like, I think like 95% of like young people think that they're going to be famous. Like, they, like everyone just thinks they're going to be famous. Like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I don't need to get a job. I'm going to be famous. Like I'm going to be famous. You know, like that's like a real thing in people's minds that like everyone thinks they're going to be famous. So it's, it, I don't know if that's possible. Yeah. Th hey. there, that message that you just said uh, hit home to me in a very poignant way. One time I was a junior in college and I went out to Los Angeles to do a two week internship in the entertainment industry and it was very broad and I was staying <laughs> at that housing development that's like pretty famous out there that everyone stays in. Are they um, like apartments? Yeah. Is it called the Oaks or Oakwood or something like Oakwood, that? Oakwood I think is yeah. exactly what it was called and in the the main office right they have behind the counter all the headshots from all the like young actors that came and stayed there before they were famous. And there were probably hundreds of headshots and I didn't recognize a single person. Oh dude, there is, how old were you when you did that internship? I must've been 21. And uh, did you just pick that apartment complex randomly? It was set up through the program that I was in. Because that, um, that company it's kind of famous like it's just a random apartment complex like any anything else but um for some reason a ton of child actors like yeah. like end up staying there with their parents or you know like wannabe child actors and they come out for pilot season you know and, and for people that are listening pilot season is in the um spring and it's when they're making all the new tv shows that you know the prospective tv shows so all these little kids come out to audition from all over the country. And so many of them stay at these apartments. And so it's really weird, this apart, there's a documentary about that apartment complex no on, Jesus. it used to be on Netflix, I'm not sure if it's still on there, but um, uh, you'd have to Google, I can't remember the name of it, but like, it's just about the fucking dreams that are crushed, you know, for yeah. <laughs> these little kids. Like they come out there and, and like, the people that manage the apartments put on like, weird workshops and like they mm. refer all the kids to like one headshot photographer that they're clearly getting kickbacks from it's like this <laughs> whole racket and then you know all the kids come out and maybe like one of them gets a pilot and then the rest of them go home you know and their parents like spent a ton of money and it's really it's a bleak documentary but um Damn. that's hilarious that you stayed there wow yeah it's like an <laughs> it's like an asylum set up for the this the very same families that bring their children to america's got talent auditions yeah for sure for sure Damn, dude. um it says but, a lot about you too as a as a person that that you would stay there uh like a single dude in his 20s like just hanging out with all these like eight-year-olds <laughs> yeah well i love i love children uh so get them all young baby yeah you're always talking about how much you love children that seems weird <laughs> uh that housing complex was also featured in judd apatow's netflix show love um i don't know if you guys ever watched that I i'm i haven't seen it um i'm buddies with paul rust uh yeah he's great yeah in gillian but i i haven't seen the show i feel terrible for saying that mm, sounds like that's a strong friendship so uh <laughs> uh the the, the reason second. i bring netflix Hello? up <laughs> yeah hey what's up paul hey what's up oh no oh yeah i haven't gotten to the show yet okay i'll watch it later talk to you later bye <laughs> right that's my friend paul rust you handled that so quickly. How how timely! It's so weird that he called. <laughs> well, we we mentioned Netflix because uh, we want to we want to give you a plug for this fantastic uh, documentary coming out um, on May sixteenth. Uh, 
No, I think it's May the 11th. May the 11th. Sorry about that. That's right. Um, and it is about psychedelics. We've all just watched it. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, and now I can't even remember the name. <laughs> it's called, wow, you're really doing a great job. It's called Have a Nice Trip. <laughs> Have a Nice Trip. I wasn't going to get it. And it's yeah. Adventures in Psychedelics. Yeah. yeah. As well. And it's, uh, yeah, it's all about psychedelics. And uh, it has a lot of uh, cool, funny people in it. Uh, uh, you know, and it has like uh, Sarah Silverman and Paul Shear and Rob Corddry and uh, the also guy Anthony Bourdain and, and Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher, right, I know, that's pretty, uh, pretty insane. Uh, Sting, I know you guys like Sting, yeah, Sting. you're always talking about Sting, yeah. Uh, but sure. yeah, there's tons of people. Um, but I haven't gotten to see it yet. You said it was that you that you liked it. Yeah, I liked it because it's sort of a instructional video on how to avoid having, you know, how to do psychedelics in a controlled way such that you don't open Pandora's box to the horrors that many have experienced. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder right now if uh, because of the situation we're living through, if there will be more of that, if people are like, oh, I'm at home, I'm safe, uh, my girlfriend's here uh, with me or, you know, uh, whatever, I can Zoom with my friend and we'll freak mm -hmm. each other up. You know, like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if people, because they're a little bit bored, might be more open to that. Mm. Totally. I have a very uh, crazy tripping story from the beginning of all this, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, I took mushrooms with the two people that I was staying with at the time. And I'm not, we were having a great time and I'm not kidding you, like clockwork. And this is right at the beginning where it was a stressful time. The numbers were doubling every day of people getting infected with coronavirus, all that stuff. And out of nowhere, the girl that I was with goes, I'm not feeling too well. And the guy that I'm with goes, me either. And he just keels back out of his chair and slaps on the floor and starts going. What? For, and I was like, holy sh i was like dude dude i literally thought it was the craziest thing ever he he kind of like snapped out of it after 15 or 20 seconds but it was terrifying and like a massive bug out well just for uh uh because people won't see the video of this right this is a podcast so what you are just acting out a seizure <laughs> yes sorry your friend had a seizure <laughs> and you did nothing to help him i know i did he's he's a big guy he's probably 225 six four like big guy and i tried to peel him off the ground i wasn't sure what i was supposed to do and fortunately once he sat up he was kind of came to and he had no idea what had happened oh that's terrifying what the yeah fuck? so and it was crazy they both they both felt like shit at the same exact time it was really creepy and like wow. and you guys yeah. were just taking mushrooms yeah and not even that many like it, it yeah. was a very like not ideal situation. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the larger question is like, why, what would you think during the, right at the beginning of the pandemic, like when, when we don't really know what's going on and the world could be ending, like why would that be like a celebratory time for you where, where you were like, I'm gonna fucking have a blast. <laughs> I was, I had my reservations about doing it because of that. Because it's yeah. like, you, you tend to see the big picture better. And I was trying to talk everybody out of it. I'm not even joking. I'm not. And they're like, it's fine. And then they convinced me it was fine. And we were having a great time until obviously we weren't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, Rob, I, I, in, in Julio's defense, he's taken mushrooms many times before. So he, he, this wasn't some, you know, might as well shoot for the, the moon here. Yeah, I've yeah, talked yeah. people out of it also during this time because of what you just said. You've talked people out of taking mushrooms right, right now. Who haven't done it before. They're like, this is a good time oh, to take mushrooms. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's not. Right, right, right. Yeah, I feel like, um, and I'm not an expert. Like, I've taken mushrooms maybe like, like seven times in my life. And I've never taken enough to uh, like hallucinate, hallucinate. Like, I've only taken enough to basically feel like I'm a grizzly bear. You know, like, you're just like, you're out. I always like try to go out on like a hike with some friends. Like, I did it at my bachelor party uh, like five years ago, six years ago. And, um, you know, just went on like an awesome hike with like my best friends. And it, we were up in the mountains and it, you just become a grizzly bear. You know, you're just like, what is this? A bush. Look at these berries. Look at that fucking hawk. That hawk is amazing. 
you know, you just like are laughing at the insanity of life and how absurd <laughs> nature is and like, what is friendship and who am I? And then, and then you sort of like detach from really who you are, you know, you have that, uh, like I've had that experience where you sort of lose yourself, you know, like you, you lose that sense of, um, what you think you are, you know? And so, so you just sort of detach from your identity. I've had that, but I've never had enough to actually like see, uh, colors or, or anything like that, you know? I, I, I've tried mushrooms a couple times, but similarly, never an amount that transported me to another dimension. And I felt disappointed because I was too scared to try LSD. Yeah, and, me too. And yet I wanted to experience the, you know, alternate view and, and watch my hand kind of grow ferns and all that. Um, and like you, I was more just kind of giggly and it was a little adjacent to just being high on weed, I thought. Yeah, I, um, I also went down a, a real rabbit hole when everyone was like doing DMT because I was like, oh, what's that about? You know, like what's yeah. ayahuasca? And, uh, you know, people were like smoking DMT, which I think, you know, people, st uh, still do, but I was really curious about that and i would like listen to like joe rogan's podcast yeah and, he talks about it yeah and like duncan trussell and some of those and i was just like so curious about like that but that sounded so intense that i felt like i i feel like that ship has sailed for me yeah. and um i think i would probably have like a, a mental snap you know and i would mm -hmm. get like s stuck yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. and also the last thing that you want um, I feel like right now is to end up in the hospital on drugs, you know, like <laughs> you, it would be a terrible time to go to the hospital in general. Um, but, uh, you know, you just don't want to go there on people are like, Oh my God, you know, what's going on? You're like, Oh, I took too many mushrooms. You're like, fuck you. People are dying. You asshole. Get the fuck out of here. You know, hundred yeah. so, percent. I mean, they do say that like, I, I feel like as far as this sort of stuff goes, it's important to have like the right set and setting, you know, they always talk about that, like mm -hmm. just that you're in the right setting and that you're in the right like mindset. You know, I feel like if you are um, thinking a lot about, you know, someone that died that you know about, or um, if you're going through a hard time with like depression or something like that, like, I feel like it might amplify that. So mm -hmm. that would be not cool. Like, I, I feel like it's not gonna, you're not gonna get out of that funk because of it, but, the I, I i think it's true that like if you are feeling good and feeling positive and you're in a good situation and your friend is there and you're in a safe area where you can't get hurt like then it's supposed to be like a you know that's the right way to do it yeah they, totally. they definitely they, they spend a lot of time uh you know painting the best environments in which to try these psychedelics but i i do think one thing that wasn't really mentioned in the doc is sort of how it, let's say that mushrooms are your starter and then you know there's sort of a hierarchy of intensity uh I, and maybe i'm wrong but i that's how i viewed it like i i would try mushrooms and then maybe graduate to lsd and then after that i guess dmt uh or ayahuasca is the one that you know seems so off the reservation. Um, well, yeah, I, I think ayahuasca is DMT. I think it's just in a different format. Like ayahuasca, oh. I think, is the actual like plant, you know, and so people make a tea out of that that you drink. And that's, but that also, I think it's like a really long trip. Yeah. Like I think it's like 12 hours or something like that. And the, the chemical component in ayahuasca is DMT. So I think people figured out a way to like, extract that and just smoke dmt and that lasts only like i think like 20 minutes yeah but it's yeah. like that thing you've heard about where it's like oh i thought i was i thought i was in hell like i thought yeah. i was gonna die i was convinced that i died and i went to hell and i was suffering in hell and then all of a sudden it broke through and there was like an angel talking to me and it was like this mother figure you know it's like yeah it goes down really deep and then you like come out of it and it's supposed to be awesome but it just seems like yeah. 
really exhausting. Like I, I kind of just want to like watch a good movie and play video games when I'm high, you know, like yeah. I, I don't know if I'm ready to like fight the devil or like, you know, <laughs> stroke the, jack off the devil's cock or anything like that. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't that's want worse. that. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I hear DMT, I think of the demilitarized zone, the DMZ between North and South Korea. And I have to believe that that would be one of the worst places on earth to try hallucinogenics. You know, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you're right. Absolutely. Do not, for your listeners, I can categorically say, do not take hallucinogenics and go to the DMZ yes. on DMT. That would be, you will get shot and killed right away. This would be a great sketch, dude. DMT at the DMZ. Uh, bro, I thought you said DMT. No, bro, I said DMZ. Uh, here, here, speaking of speaking of bad places, so so in Russia right now, in the last two weeks, three doctors who were outspoken about the bad conditions and treatment uh, and resources that they had to treat coronavirus patients have mysteriously fallen out of windows yeah that's their thing in russia like people just fall out of windows all the time exactly <laughs> and in the documentary uh they say that that was always the the way that parents and and you know public service announcements would discourage young kids from getting into hallucinogenic drugs they would say there was always this case of a you know a guy at a party thought he could fly and jumped out of a window do you think that those doctors in Russia were on hallucinogenics? Absolutely. <laughs> they definitely were. They definitely did not have anything to do with Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Uh, and, and now, um, you know, I'm sure if we Googled around, we would find out that everyone in their family also fell out of a window. And yeah, <laughs> dude, it's because of drugs. It's not because of Putin uh, dangling them out of a window. Right. Um, right. Wow. That's crazy. That, um, I didn't know that. I, I, I did see um, in the news that like for a long time, like Russia didn't have any of the virus supposedly. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's crazy. And then it just turns out like, oh, they were just lying. Like yeah. it's actually really <laughs> bad there. And now like, and, and I also read that like their hospitals are garbage. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. So they're just like really overrun. Yeah. And the, the, the most telling thing, uh, for me, and I, I don't know how to poli how political to get on your show. I, I don't want to uh, offend uh, you guys or your listeners. Actually, I don't fucking care if I offend you guys or your listeners. Um, but uh, the, <laughs> we don't care at all. We don't care either, dude. <laughs> the um, um, the uh, the most telling thing of all of this has been there. There are pictures of Putin going into like these places to tour, like hospitals and stuff. And, and you know how like Pence won't wear a mask and like Trump yeah. won't wear a mask. Putin is in a fucking yellow full hazmat suit with like <laughs> oxygen tank and like three different like respirator masks. Like he looks like, like out Walter of the white agent. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> he looks like Walter White in Breaking Bad. And like, you're like, oh yeah, that guy knows, he knows the truth about this shit. And our guys are like, oh, well, it's, it's going away. It's going away. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I'm plugging my computer in. Hold on. Yeah. Classic, dude. Classic Francis, man. <laughs> One thing that I always notice uh, about uh, hallucinogenic stuff that I never really understood. There's something interesting about you can never really understand it until you experience it. This idea of like going to another universe it's much, it's far less cool than it sounds in the sense that like sometimes that other universe, like you guys were alluding to before is seeing your life in a way you don't want to. Yeah. And then you can't unthink that shit that you learn about. Yes. I think that's really true, man. I think that's um, part of uh, all of this that people don't really talk about is like, um, yeah, it's really revealing. I think that um, a lot of this, and I've had that to some degree on mushrooms where you do go deep on yourself. You know, yeah. you can go like really deep and that can, that can be good or bad. You know, like it depends on how, it depends on where you are in your life and it depends on like what's going on with you. But it also depends on like 
how willing you are to um to like work on you know like to see that shit about yourself and and remember that you had that thought like for example if you're like oh man i could really be a better friend to you know like i'm like <laughs> i don't really i'm not always there for my bros and i'm always like I'm thinking about myself and my own shit and like I could just reach out to them and yeah I'm just picking a random example but like you know if I feel like if you see something about yourself that you don't like you can work on that you know but um yeah I think people think it's just fun and games and you're just like laughing and like uh but I, it's sort of for me when I've done mushrooms because um I I hadn't done it since my bachelor party like six years ago but then um, someone gave me some and I did it um, in like December, I think of, the, of this past year, like right before all of it, like just to be clear, my story is cooler than yours uh, is uh, because I didn't, I wasn't celebrating the death of thousands and thousands of people. <laughs> this, was, this was prior to all of that. So I didn't know anything about the pandemic. Uh, I wasn't like, hey, look at all of the destruction of the world. I'm going to go have a party. I was like, I was just like, you know, uh, it was a random Saturday. And, um, but you know, like it's, but uh, it's also different for me because like I'm, I'm married and I have a child. And so I never get the chance to go and like have a day off where I could do that safely. So, uh, it was my wife had gone out of town with our child. Like she went to see the grandparents. So I had like a weekend to myself and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do mushrooms. I haven't done mushrooms in like six years. So I took mushrooms and just went on a day uh, of like hiking and like Frisbee and just like listening to music, but just all outside, all near my house. If something terrible happened, but just like, walking through neighborhoods and like laughing and stuff like that but um but yeah so that was my most recent thing but um but it, it wasn't um we we made the mistake of playing golf and uh i'm not a very good golfer and we played at a public course near my house where what they do is they pair you up with you know another twosome so the day started out totally normal you know we got there at like you know nine in the morning and we took mushrooms with like you know some chocolate or whatever started playing golf and they paired us up with these uh, these other two random people and it just happened to be um, two older Korean gentlemen who spoke zero English at all <laughs> and my friend and I don't speak any Korean and my friend's like kind of a good golfer I'm like I golf like once a year, like someone's wedding or something. So I'm okay, but not great. But you know, we were fucking maniacs in about an hour. We were like forgetting our clubs, driving to the next hole, you know, getting lost, driving on the wrong side of the thing. The, like I remember going to get the ball and picking up my ball and it was the Korean guy's ball and trying to explain to him how sorry I was that I picked up his ball and I wouldn't do that again. And, you know, I was just, uh, I was starting, I was trying to explain to him that we were like, we were experiencing something that they weren't experiencing, but I didn't want to say we were on drugs. I, you know, it, it was all so confusing to these guys. I think these guys thought like, we were like American idiots. Like they were like, oh, people in America suck, mm. you know, <laughs> but um so that was my most recent experience, but um, but yeah, I I didn't really have uh, any kind of hallucination, or it was more just like golf is confusing, <laughs> like it was like that sort of thing. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium, and you would all yell, anchor, anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. 
So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. Rob, are you a skier? Because I see that Rozzy hat that you're wearing. Oh, I should have turned that around. Uh, I am a skier, yeah. Nice. Um, Would you recommend skiing on hallucinogenics or is that dangerous? Ooh, that seems like it would be... I haven't done that. I, I can't. Mm. I can't recommend that. I have skied while, uh, you know, after smoking uh, a little weed, and I had mixed feelings about that. You know, I didn't like, like I, that either. I, yeah. yeah, I became very cautious. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I've, I lived in Aspen for a year after college. I like there when I got out of college, there was like no jobs at all. And I was like, well, I'm going to move to Colorado for a year. So I, I lived in Aspen for a year and, and you know, got to ski like every day. Mm. And so, um, so I'm okay. Like I'm not great, but like, you know, I can, I can get around. And, um, but when you're, uh, when you have some, some weed in you, I was like, Oh no, 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 no. It was like, uh, this is way too fast. Oh, that tree looks really deadly. You know, it's sort of like being on a road full of drunk drivers, uh, you just you, you you can't really avoid people as well as you, and and especially in Colorado now I feel like everyone's high on the mountain. Well, can I ask that? Is this a stupid question? But I don't ski, and are you allowed to ski drunk? Uh, I don't think there's any way for them to. There's no like, you know, there there's no cops. You know, like ski right. patrol uh, is not like cops. You know, like that would be cool if like ski patrol would like pull you over and like breathalyze you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And like mm-hmm. take you and take you to ski jail or whatever, <laughs> but they don't have that. So you, you know, you just go and you, um, you know, it's kind of like every, every man for himself, every person for himself. But, um, so yeah, I, so there's no way for them to prevent you from skiing drunk, but, um, it, it it's a little, the the logistics of drinking a lot and then skiing it's it's kind of a hassle because then you have to go and like eventually you're gonna have to like piss somewhere mm-hmm. and then you have to like get out of your ski clothes so it's just like a so you end up like you know it's an athletic thing sort right. of i mean it's sort of, it's as it's it's as athletic as like golf you know right right there's a uh in the french alps there's a ski resort called uh well, it's part of the three valleys, Marybell. And at the top, they have this sort of nightclub called uh, Folly Deuce. And I think they have one in Aspen now, too. But everyone goes there to do their apres ski at three o'clock. And uh, afterwards, I mean, you, people are dancing on picnic tables. They're taking, you know, champagne guns to the face. And then you have to ski down. And it's pretty irresponsible because they, they shut the, the lifts down. So you can't ride the gondola down. You can't take a lift down. You actually have to find your way down. And you kind of weave in and out of these people who are just hanging on. Yeah, I, I have a hard time feeling uh, bad for those people. You know, I feel like if like, oh, if, you know, oh, first of all, skiing is like a rich person's thing you know like so that sounds like a bunch of rich white people uh drinking you know and then like skiing into trees which i don't know i don't right. you know i feel like that's that that might we might be okay if if some of those people get hurt you know yeah yeah so this bring this reminds me of something else that we were mentioning earlier you have a new uh hbo <clears throat> series coming out with mark ruffalo that you had mentioned is kind of a more serious thing before we talk yeah. about that I have seen you as like a guy who does comedy. Did, was there some kind of moment where you decided that you could also do straight stuff or had you always trained for that kind of shit? How did you end up there? Um, the opposite. Um, it's more just like I'm trying to, um, it's really hard. Like I think that sort of stuff, you know, people think that um, comedy is, I, I do think that comedy is really hard. Like, uh, and that's, a function of like the writing, you know, like comedy is mostly dependent on like writing, like it has to be really original and funny and surprising. And uh, I guess also, no, I mean, it's, it's also so driven by performance too. Like I was thinking about like Key and Peel, and like, uh, I was thinking of like a really, really funny sketch show. And like the, the last one that I loved so much was like Key and Peel 
or um, I don't know if you saw Tim Robinson's show. Yeah, um, I love that. I think that. you should leave. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like so funny. So those guys are such strong performers that um, it's really, yeah, I, I guess it t my point is comedy is hard because it's like the writing and the performing have to be like really good and really solid. So I've always thought like, um, oh, well, I can do comedy. Like I feel pretty comfortable doing comedy, um, but I just wasn't sure if I could do anything serious. Like I was worried that um, um, that was like a level of performance that I, you would just be able to see right through and you'd be like, oh, I don't know, man, it kind of sucks. So I've sort of just been dabbling in it to see if I can do it because it seems really, to me, that seems really hard, you know, mm -hmm. like if people think comedy is hard, I was sort of like, I think I can make something funny. I don't know if I can do serious really well. Mm -hmm. So it was more just like an experiment to see like, can I do it personally? And well, uh, sorry. I, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm great at it, but like I'm, I'm trying just for curiosity's sake, I'm trying to like see if I can get good at that. Mm. Well, it's, uh, I was going to say, I, I thought you were absolutely fantastic in The Descendants, um, which both of us have seen. And uh, what a, what a cool cast, George Clooney, you, Shailene Woodley, and Laird Hamilton. Yeah, the ultimate bro. What was it um, like being in a movie with Laird Hamilton? Well, I don't think I ever got to meet Laird, uh, but yeah, I was psyched. Well, I was super psyched to be in that movie, dude. It was a that great that movie. movie, yeah, to me, um, you know, that's a, a Alexander Payne movie. He's the mm -hmm. director, and just all of his movies are like really solid, like writing and acting. And so, and you know, fucking Clooney is like yeah. the best actor in the world. So I, I was literally, that was one of those situations where I was like, oh, I don't, I'm very terrified. It was mm -hmm. so. To me, I was like very self-conscious and like very terrified because I was like, I'm a comedian. Um, I don't want to fuck this up. And I don't want um, people watching this to suddenly be taken out of it. Like, wait, why is this comedian in there? So, you know, it was just sort of like, like what I'm talking about. It's just like an experiment of like trying to see if I can do more of this stuff. And um, I have a really fun time doing serious stuff now. Like I used to think I would hate it. Um, but I really like it because it's, it's just a challenge. You know, it seems like um, it's, it's something that like, I'm not that familiar with. So it is, it is really hard for me. Um, but, but yeah, the, the, the descendants was, um, I wish I'd gotten to hang out with Laird. I, we, I was in Hawaii for like, it was like the fucking best job, dude. I, yeah, I was in Hawaii shooting the movie for like two weeks or something. And I think I shot like two days and like, so the first day I got there, I shot some stuff and then I had like a week off and I was like, well, I'll, so I should just go back to LA. Right. And they're like, uh, it would be better for us if you would stay here. <laughs> and I was like, for real. And they were like, yeah, just stay. Oh, you know, you can do whatever you want. And like, if we need you, we'll come get you. And I was like, all right. So I had like a week or something crazy, just like hanging out at the hotel, like it was an awesome hotel where they, like you could take a surfboard out. And so I would just take a surfboard out every day and like try to learn that. It was really the, the I, I thought this is how every job would be. Like, oh, this is Hollywood. This is what <laughs> I've arrived. Like every single job will be like this now. And it was so, I look back now, like that was the ultimate like, luxurious experience of my life and ever yeah. ever since then everything has been ruined for me you know like now when i shoot something i'm like this fucking sucks where's my surfboard where's george clooney i'm leaving this is bullshit um it is the uh it is booking the sports illustrated swimsuit uh edition for a comedian yeah and and it was like my first kind of like serious role and so, yeah, again, I just thought like, this is how movies are. Like I'll be now all, and then the movie got nominated for like an Oscar mm -hmm. oh. and they briefly showed and at the Oscars that year for Clooney was nominated. They showed for his scene, like they're like the nominations are George Clooney and they fucking showed 
a scene I did with George Clooney at the Oscars. So I just thought like, well, I mean, yeah, this is how it goes. Like, mm -hmm. look out, uh, uh, Hollywood, I've arrived, get the fuck <laughs> out of my way. And, you know, since then I've just realized like, oh yeah, uh, I got very lucky. Like I mm -hmm. got, like that was, as you said, that was the Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and oh yeah. Uh, was that the scene where you, George finds out that you knew that his wife was having the affair? Yeah, wow, you have a, a, a good memory of that movie. Yeah, he, he comes in. And he starts uh, running for, for, after that, right? Yeah, for people that are listening, um, the movie is about, it, it's a comedy movie with a question mark because like, it's so like, it's one of those movies that's like funny and sad also. George Clooney's wife is in a coma and she's going to die. Like there's no way about it. She's been in a boating accident and she's going to die. She's on life support. So that's not funny. Um, what's funny is like how the stuff that he's going through, because he very quickly figures out that his wife was cheating on him and she mm -hmm. was having an affair with this guy. And so he goes on a quest to find out who the fuck was his wife sleeping with. <laughs> and it ends up uh you know so so i won't ruin the movie for you but so it's it's that it's like uh, it's like this guy on a quest to find the motherfucker that his wife was sleeping with mm -hmm. and 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 confront this guy before his wife dies so it's a comedy but it's like really grounded and like really sad and beautiful you know his wife dies and, and he has this like you know it, it, it's super intense and um yeah so that was the scene that, that you mentioned he i'm his best friend which I am also in real life. I'm George Clooney's best friend. Um, and, and he, um, he comes over to my house and he, he finds out that my wife and I knew that she was having this affair and we're, we knew the guy. And so he starts like sweating me and he's like, who the fuck is this guy? And I end up telling him, you know, who it is. and my wife is looking at me like, shut the fuck up, you know, yeah, like yeah. you have to respect her privacy, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that's the scene, and um, you know it's a, it's an awesome movie, and I was very lucky to to do it. I also love that the, your question was about the HBO show that I should be promoting, but now I'm promoting like a five year old George Clooney movie that you can watch on Netflix for free. Uh, <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm so bad at promoting things, and I'm so bad at podcasts, but. Yeah, so so the new one is on HBO on May 10th, uh, and it'll go on, it's six episodes. It's called I Know This Much Is True with Mark Ruffalo. Also, um, pretty dark, I will tell your listeners, um, not funny. I am Ruffalo's best friend. I, I play a lot of people's best friends. Um, uh, Ruffalo, um, I, I, you know, it, it's... It's supposed to be, um, I haven't gotten to see it yet, but it's supposed to be awesome. I think it's just pretty serious from what mm -hmm. I hear. So Yeah, well, okay. we all remember his uh, lighthearted turn in, uh, I think it was called The, the, bro the Lonely Hearts. Um, the Normal Heart. The Normal Heart. That was a very uplifting Mark Ruffalo piece. Um, but I, I have a question back to comedy for you really I also quick. Wanna, I just want to flag your not so subtle dig at Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> I, I admire him so much. <laughs> for no reason. Just for no reason. I was just saying that when he's yeah. on HBO, he, it, he, you're not going to recover from what you've seen him in. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that he has, uh, you know, he he could not have foreseen that we would have been in a, a cataclysmic uh, situation in the world yeah. when he decided to do a serious project. And I'm yeah. sorry if that bumps with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does he does play. I found the the, the crusading uh, like lawyer character very well. Um, sort of the the Aaron Brockovich. I, I just saw Dark Water, which was very very good. And oh, I then, haven't seen that. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then he did Spotlight too. Yeah, Spotlight. Spotlight, and then Normal Heart. Yeah, he's you know he's he's very crusading. I like. I that would also him. say that the Hulk, the Hulk is uh, crusading. Yeah, also. Definitely a crusader. Yeah, kind of dude. Uh, so funny. The, the 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 craziest thing was um, I do remember like a year ago when we were shooting the HBO thing, 
uh, and I, I want to go on the record and say that uh, I have not slammed Ruffalo in this podcast. Hmm. I'm a fan of Ruffalo. You obviously have some sort of pre-existing beef with Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also <laughs> Korean people, also yes. women. Right, um, good. Um, but the, uh, the craziest thing was I was shooting with him like a year ago and we were shooting a scene in this car. So just me and him in a car like all day long. And it was the day that the last Avengers came out. Oh, wow. Uh, and I felt very uncomfortable because I have not seen any of those movies. Like, I don't know any of them. And it's just me and him in a car. And it was the like the Wednesday or the Thursday it came out. And he was getting text alerts from his, you know, his team or whatever about, you know, the movie is like the biggest movie ever made, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> and, and he was being so cool about it. Like, he was just like, like, if, if that happened to me, I'd be like, oh, shit, look yeah. at my movie. It's fucking burning up the box office. He was just like, huh, I just got a text. And, um, oh, cool. Yeah, it's made $600 billion in five minutes. It was just like very like adorable how nonchalant he was being about. And and, like, I kept telling him like, dude, you can fucking, I don't like, I'm not judging you. Like you can fucking high five or whatever you want to do. Like you can honk the horn. Like, and then, you know, five minutes later, he'd be like, oh, wow, it just made $6 trillion in the first, you know, it Mm. kept going up and up and up. And he was like, trying to be like so nice about it and i would have been a fucking asshole about it you were in you 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 were a ucb guy with rob riggle yes and ucb obviously has has had some trouble lately i think they have they gone under r.i.p ucb uh east yeah on the east coast Mm -hmm. yeah i think like every single business in the country you know like they were like oh um yeah we don't have people coming in we can't do this anymore so Yeah, I think the New York one has gone under, you know, the LA one is still shuttered. And, um, you know, I don't know what the future is for the organization. But obviously, that was a huge part of my life. So it's a huge bummer. Um, I think that knowing them as an organization, um, and what it takes to um, open a theater, like, it'll be back, you know, like, you know, like a, a theater, a comedy theater, you just need a stage and some seats and, you know, hopefully some, someone selling beer. Uh, but, um, so I think it'll be back, you know, they can't, um, they won't be able to have like a gigantic theater, you know, um, but it, it, that, that movement came out of like, uh, when I was coming up, it was like a bunch of like scrappy people that just wanted to perform. So it felt very like punk rock almost at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think it got pretty big, you know, I know it got really big in New York and they had like, you know, a couple big theaters. So maybe it's like natural selection, you know, maybe it's like, well, we can't, that, that wasn't gonna work out for us, you know? So right. I think, I feel like they'll be back. I feel like it'll just be in a smaller, you know, hopefully uh, scrappier um, uh, right. situation. So, so my, my last, 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 last question is uh, as you you were in I Love You Man. I've watched the blooper reel for that many times. There's one blooper in particular that makes me laugh very hard. It's when you're telling Paul Rudd which celebrities that you've sold uh, real estate to, and you're just coming up with these names, and you say, Carrot Top, Donald Sutherland. <laughs> when, and he breaks down laughing. It's hysterical. Uh, when you are doing a scene like that, has the director given you carte blanche to just improvise names? Yeah, um, that movie is uh, uh, was a very special movie to me because um, I think that was one of the first things that I got when I first moved here. And the director is this really funny, cool guy named John Hamburg. And um, he just, God bless him, just let me do whatever I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so my whole, in that sort of situation, Paul Rudd is such a funny mm-hmm. guy, like just in general. Like, I feel like my job is to try to fuck him up. So to try to make yeah. him laugh. Yeah. And so, so that becomes like a little bit of a game, you know, and right. I'm, I'm sure other people have told stories like that, but like, 
Yeah, so you're just trying to fuck the other guy up. You know, you're literally trying to make him laugh. And so mm -hmm. it's so fun. And Hamburg was just like letting me go crazy. And so I would just start like, you know, listing weirdos, um, you know, and, and, you know, obscure famous people that he was trying to sell real estate to, you know, but all of that stuff, um, he just let me improvise. Like there's a thing about, you know, little tips and tricks for new real estate brokers. And like, I, I, I think I said something like, you know, what's your urinal cake situation? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you I, can piss on my face in any TGI yeah, Fridays or Fuddruckers right now. Yeah, yeah, so that was just like a dumb idea I had. You know, it was like, <laughs> oh, well, you know, that would be a great idea. If you had a urinal cake with your face on it, people would put that in a urinal and then they would piss on your face, but they would remember you, you know. Ugh. All of that was just <laughs> making shit up to try to make it. Paul Rudd laugh. And it was a total fucking blast. Hell yeah. Well, Rob Hubel, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much for, for joining us on Oops. Uh, we can see lots of your work coming out. Obviously, have a nice trip on May 11th on Netflix. He's also got an HBO miniseries coming out with Mark Ruffalo called I Know This Much Is True. And you're also on Medical Police. Um, and anything else you'd like to uh, for our listeners to know about? I just want your listeners to be super clear that uh, it was you that said things that yeah. were anti-women, anti-Korean, uh, anti-Ruffalo, uh, anti-Clooney. Um, uh, I don't think I disparaged so, uh, Clooney. <laughs> so those are all beefs that you are now going to have to deal with. Not we're gonna me. we're gonna take all throw. those parts out and then just have this not make any sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna have like a two-minute podcast. <laughs> Uh, I got to jump, uh, guys. Thanks so much. I appreciate hey, it. Thanks, thanks for coming, man. bud. Take, Take care. Uh, that's Rob Hubel, everybody. Uh, he's fantastic. And thanks for joining us on Oops the Podcast. Send us your mistakes, your stories from quarantine to oopsthepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can DM them to our Instagram account uh, at oopsthepodcast. I'm Francis Ellis. He's Julio Galarati. G, any final thoughts? Uh, that's it, man. Uh, thanks for joining us as always, guys. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.